Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Hope in Christ with Denise here on Kingdom Influencers Broadcast. I am your host, Denise, and I want to remind you that here at Hope in Christ, we are healthy, overcomers, purpose, and we maintain an eternal perspective. Now, let's get started with a word of prayer, and we will begin today's show. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you once again, for you alone are worthy, O God. We pray, Father God, for this time that you would speak through us, O God, that you would speak through your listeners, even those that are speaking and talking through the lesson and what we're going to be reading today. God, I ask that you would speak and you would give us revelation. I pray, Father God, for those that are ill, those that are brokenhearted, those that are just in their um in a weak place in their lives god and i pray father god for those that need provision god that you would bless you would touch you would keep and you would cover oh god their lives oh god in the name of jesus we thank you lord that you alone are our creator and you are our helper you are everything that we need and we thank you for it now in jesus name amen Today's show is going to be centered around Genesis 4, verses 1 through 7. Recently, I joined the challenge to read through the Bible completely in chronological order, a portion of the Bible every day with some online friends. They're actually friends, but we're talking to each other online. So if you all would like to join in, we are online on Facebook in a chronological Bible study group. Um, and it has been very powerful so far, and I wanted to do one of my devotionals centered around one particular scripture that just would not let go. Like I was so drawn to this scripture and I wanted to know more. So, and this scripture is Genesis four, um, one through seven. And it says, now Adam knew Eve, his wife. And she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? Then he goes on to say, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. That's Genesis 4, 1 through 7 in the New King James Version of the Bible. Now, this particular scripture, I was just floored. First of all, the key word for me here is sin. Um, what I got reading the whole entire thing is the difference between obedience and disobedience 
which leads to sin. So when I was reading this part, I noticed that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. But then it says Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their of their fat. So this says this flock was owned by Abel. And he brought the firstborn of this flock and their fat to God as a sacrifice. That spoke volumes to me. But Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. It doesn't even say the fruit of the ground was Cain's. It says of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And then he became angry because it said God accepted Abel's offering. And God, um, but he, and he respected it and he, but he did not respect or accept Cain's offering. So it goes on to say that why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. So then I went to look up the word sin. The definition of sin is an offense. And I begin to think, this is the beginning of, of scripture. This is Genesis, where God, we first seeing particular things happen in scripture, where God has laid the foundation of the world, everything, and, and man has been on earth for some time. So somehow, to me, Cain and Abel knew that they needed to bring an offering. He, they had been taught, obviously, that there was an offering that needed to be brought to God. So I understood that. It's kind of like the way we train our children up to do certain things the way we've done them growing up. So I saw that. But it was something different about Abel's offering to me. It was something different where Abel was willing to understand I think that this these things that he had, this flock that he had, didn't belong to him. So he brought the best of it to the living God and presented as a sacrifice to him. I picture Cain just giving something and saying, here you go. That's how I picture Cain. And I thought about it and I said to myself, hmm. Aren't we like that? Do we give God our best? Not just in tithing, but in our lives. Do we give God our best? And when we don't get all of what God has in store for us, we get angry. Why this didn't happen for us? Why why didn't that happen for me? Um, We get angry. And could it be that God is saying... um, If you do well, will you not be accepted? Because I believe that it's not about tradition. I I pictured also in this particular scripture, 
that I was reading, I pictured religion versus relationship. So I pictured one man practicing religion. That's practicing. This is what we do. But I pictured Abel having a relationship. That's how I pictured it. Um, Because he trusted. He knew that he had to bring his best. But the part I wanted to really, really, really focus on is when God said to Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. So again, sin here means an offense. So then I said an offense to who? Who was offended? We have to say God. Because we can say what it sin okay, sin is an offense. Why is it is it offense? And what is the types of sins that are offensive to God? So we have to get to that foundation and understanding that sin defined as an offense are the things that are against God's will or his way in our lives. And so the things that he deems as sin, as offensive to him, he's holy. So description of description of God is he's holy, he's righteous, he's the um, self-existent one and in his presence is light and he is um, everlasting, he is eternal all those things make up who God is, so when it says this sin, this sin that it makes it sound personified is, is being personified here because it says sin lies at the door so you picture I'm inside of a, a room or I'm inside of a house and I'm getting ready to step outside and just at the foot of the door to snare me, to trip, to where I was trip and fall, there's sin lying right there where I can't really see it, but it's there to trip me up, causing me to fall. And so that's how I picture sin. It makes it sound like it's um, person, personified. And so um, I then said, okay, why is sin personified in this particular scripture? Sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. So it's even giving it another personified trait, character trait of saying it, is, it has a desire for you. This sin is lying at wait, lying in wait for you, lurking, sitting, waiting for you. And it has a desire for you. But then God goes on to tell Cain, but you should rule over it. That means that we have the power to rule over it. But the power doesn't come from us. It comes from God. We can't rule over sin when we're disobeying God. So I believe what God was saying in essence to Cain here is when you walk with me, you obey me. And you really, really know who I am. And you walk with me. 
then sin won't overtake you because you're walking in my power and my strength and you're obeying me. So we, we don't understand how sin affects us. The enemy makes sin look very, look very good. I know when I was in the world, the enemy made sin look really, really good. Um, party over here and, and, and you know, drinking and, and every all this other stuff. The enemy makes it look really good to us. But God is saying it's lurking. It's lying in wait. It desires us. But we can rule over it. We can rule over sin. In other words, that tells me that I don't have to walk in it. If I come in a obedience and relationship with God in Christ Jesus, I don't have to walk in sin. Sin has no rule over me. So then I looked up some scriptures. Let's look at some scriptures that have to do with what the Bible says about sin. James 4 and 17 says, So whosoever, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. That's James 4 and 17. Now, what did God say to Cain? If you do not do well, won't you be accepted? That means that Cain knew what was right to do. God didn't give Cain any further instructions on how to do well. He said, if you do well, will will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. He never stopped to say, okay, this is how you do well. He knew, as James 4 and 17, he's God, knew that Cain knew better. The next scripture about sin, Romans 6 and 23. Many of us are familiar with that scripture. And Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But... The opposite, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So to me, I'm an English teacher, wages is something you work to make. So this is saying the wages that you're going to get from sin is death. Spiritual death and natural death. Sometimes. But the free gift, that means that's what God was saying over here. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He was saying, I'm giving you a free gift. You can walk with me. I'm, 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 I believe that's what he's saying to him. You can walk with me. I'm your creator. I want relationship with you. And then it says... Romans 3 and 23, so that we all understand. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we all are sinners. And I'm sure God had made that very, very crystal clear. Because they had to bring sacrifices. 
they had to bring sacrifices unto God in the Old Testament. So, in other words, to give an, to uh, atone um, the sacrifices that were um, the blood of the sacrifices were to symbolize the atonement of the sin um, for each and every one of us. So they would bring these sacrifices, but not only that, I believe was a form of worship unto God, and so. And show that all have sinned. So, could Cain have been, you know, having a high-mindedness kind of like, you know, why do I have to bring this? And he brought something, but not the best. And the next part here, another scripture says... James 4 and 7, one of my favorites. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist. Like when people are resisting arrest, trying to get away from the police and and things like that, the Bible's saying, resist the devil. And what will he do? He will flee. But if we entertain him, he's not going to flee. We can't do that if we don't submit ourselves, therefore, to God. So, Cain was not submitting himself to the holiness, the charge, the obedience of God and what God was, was commanding and desiring from him he wasn't submitting himself to God so he couldn't what God was telling him he wasn't going to be able to resist the devil and therefore the devil would flee from him he was telling him sin was going to be lurking waiting basically to pounce on you because you're not submitting yourself to me so in essence to me I believe it's a form of rebellion and disobedience unto God because when we don't submit, the opposite of that, if you're not submitting, the opposite is you're rejecting or you're rebelling against to that. That's what that means to me. Now, the next uh, couple more scriptures that I have. Um, one of them is. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. 1 John 5 and 17. But understand this. You must be, I'm sorry. The next particular scripture is 1 John 1 and 9. It says, if we confess our sins... First John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let me read that again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is one of those if-then clauses. 
and that and that means in the English language when we're learning um, in the English classroom, you have to. That's if you do this, then this will happen. So First John one and nine is saying if we confess our sins, then He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we know that um, in the later chapter in Genesis. Um, for later in that chapter, Cain raises up to kill his brother because he becomes angry and, and, and jealous and all this other stuff. And he rises up and, and slews Abel. Um, and so he then, when God said, where's your brother? He didn't, he didn't confess his sins so that God would be faithful and just to forgive him. And cleanse him from all unrighteousness. Now eventually. He never. He never. Even after that. When God um, banned him. And, and, and told him his instructions. And what would happen to him. And everything. Um, there didn't seem to be. Uh, a repentance. A, a confession of his sin. But only. He reflected on the consequence being the worst thing that had ever happened to him. So um, we have to understand that even in our sin, if we confess to God, because only God can forgive us. Only God, Christ Jesus, can forgive us our sin and cleanse us of, of all unrighteousness. So we're born in wish. We're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We're all born in sin. Um as a result of Adam and Eve and shaped in iniquity. And we, because of Christ's blood shed on Calvary, we can confess our sins. We can confess our sins. So again, I I wanted to just focus in on that word sin crouching at the door because it leads to so many, so many different Things, just an act of disobedience. What we think is just an act of disobedience to God, but it leads to so many other things that cause us to get further and further away from our relationship with God. Example of some of those things is Second Timothy three one through five, and it says, "But understand this: that in the last days." There will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having an appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. And 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. And this is the English Standard Version. And as I read that, I think about not just Cain, because some of those words would describe him. Um, Obviously, he was more a little bit of a lover of himself because he, again, I didn't see where he acknowledged 
what he did. He was just flabbergasted about the consequence. Um, he um, showed a little arrogance, a little bit of pride. Um, he was definitely disobedient, not to his parents, but to God. Um, and heartless when he, he rose up and slew his brother. And he didn't show self-control. He was brutal. He was he did not love good at that moment. He wanted what he wanted. Um swollen with conceit. And it it goes on and on. So, but I'm not only just thinking about Cain as I'm reading that, but I'm thinking about today when we where we live. Now remember we were talking about how the disobedience and that lack of relationship with God and it was almost like Cain was just in my mind that religious individual let's go do this here you go I'm done I've done it to me Abel was that individual that had that heart that desire to to serve God in, in spirit and in truth worship God in spirit and in truth and so he his 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 um offering to God was different than Cain's because and God's instructions to Cain were making sure that he understood that sin was lying waiting to overtake and if we look and we look at the history of bloodline and everything it got worse and worse and worse and here we are today where people like Cain are I don't I don't want to read too much into Cain, but I'm just thinking about us in the in today's time in 2018 where many want to be their own Lord over their own lives. And so they are lovers of pleasures pleasures rather than lovers of God. Um having a form of godliness. It, it looks like they're godly but but they're denying the power of God in their lives and the power and even in his existence and the truth of who he is. And so we have to be very careful because sin will slip up on us really easy. But God says that we should rule over it. And the Bible in the New Testament says that we, if we resist it, we resist the enemy He'll flee. But we must first commit our lives to God. So I say today to each and every one of us. That just as 1 John 1 and 9 says. If we confess our sins. He is faithful. We have to. First of all, believe that he is who he says he is. He's God and God alone. He's the creator in Genesis 1 and 1 where it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was. That showed his power. He's God and God alone. 
So we must first come into an understanding that he alone is our creator. Then we can submit, repent of our sins, know that what his word is saying to us is truth. That if we're not in him and we leave this earth today, we will lift our eyes in hell. We don't want sin to overtake our lives. We won't make it without Jesus. Sin will destroy us without Jesus. Satan and every demon spirit, which is very real, will destroy destroy us without Christ. He's the only one that can defeat evil. He's the only one. So let us repent. Turn away from our sin. Submit to God. Resist the enemy. And he will flee. All Cain had to do was resist. And obey God. Submit his life to him. And the enemy would have fleed from him. He wouldn't have got up and and killed his brother and and went on and on and on and on from there. He's our refuge. And we have to know that we are absolutely nothing. And we can't make it without Christ. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you, oh God, for this word. I thank you for who you are. Help us, oh God. Open our eyes, our ears, our heart. Remove this stone. Give us a heart of flesh, God, that you be able to penetrate. Help us to worship you, oh God, and not false idols and false gods and our cars and our money and our clothing and our children and our family but let us worship you oh Lord in spirit and in truth help us oh God to resist and flee from sin and resist the enemy oh God as we cling to you as we obey you Lord help us to know And it's in your power and it's in your strength that we live, move, and have our being and that we can make it in this fallen world. And this I ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Join us, follow us on Instagram, join us on Facebook, Hope in Christ Book Club. Also, follow us on Twitter, and also look for my new novel, Hannah's Hope, which addresses the area of abuse in children, and also forgiveness, redemption, and um, being able to um, know ways through scripture 
to overcome the pain of abuse. Thank you for listening. Be blessed and hope in Christ.